wildfire smoke may increase brain disease. That doesn't sound good. We've certainly seen a good deal of wildfire smoke this summer, and actually a lot more summers than just this one. And I think, you know, we all kind of understand that it's not good for you. It's bad for our lungs if you've got asthma, anything like that. We we understand all of that. That makes sense. But our brains? So, so what now? What have they discovered and what can we do? We're going to chat with Ray Dorsey, who is a neurology professor at the University of Rochester in New York and has done some work on this. Um, Ray, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Now, when we talk about brain disease caused by wildfire, let's get a little more specific. When we say brain disease, what are we talking about uh, You know, specifically here? The two biggest ones are Alzheimer's disease and uh, Parkinson's disease, which together affect about 10% of Canadians over the age of 65. Okay, and it's it's actual particles in the smoke. They, they, they actually pass into the brain. Tell us about the mechanism here. Yeah, so when you see the, the, when you see the fires or you see the smog or you see the air pollution in the air, you're actually seeing tiny bits of dirt and soot. And that pieces of dirt and soot are called particulate matter. And most of them we cough out or sneeze out, but some are really small, about one thirtieth the width of your hair. And these tiny, uh, pieces of, uh, particulate matter, uh, can go in through your nose, go through the nerve that's responsible for smell and go all the way back to the smell centers uh, of the brain. And hitchhiking on these little pieces of dirt and soot are often toxic metals. Iron from brakes, lead from leaded gasoline, platinum from catalytic converters. And these things may be causing the misfolding of proteins that are implicated in both uh, Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. Yeah, like we know those substances, the ones you mentioned, we know they have an impact on the disease that you're talking about that affects our brain, right? That's documented. Yeah, so if you look at the brains of people with Alzheimer's disease or Parkinson's disease, uh, they have higher concentrations of iron in them than uh, individuals who don't have those diseases. And it's not clear why. The brain's, you know, pretty good at not letting uh, toxic things into it. But I think the the nose may be the front door to our brain, and it may not be a protected front door. Boy, that, that is scary stuff. Now, do, is there how early are we along in this research? Like, do we know in terms of amount of exposure, kind of exposure? Is that still all to be determined, or is any much any amount too much? Well, uh, any amount might be too much, and this can begin. You know. People tend to think this is a problem for older adults. It might be a really big problem for kids and maybe babies. If I can, I'll tell you a story. Um, A really smart uh, physician in Mexico who was precocious named Dr. Lillian Calderon Garcia Duenas was worried about air pollution in Mexico City in the 1990s, which had the world's worst air pollution. So she did a novel study in which she looked at the brains of children and young adults who died either from gun violence or car accidents. And she looked at 203 brains of these individuals who obviously didn't have Alzheimer's or Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. They were too young. They're between 11 months old and 40 years old. Of the 203 brains she examined, 202 already had the pathological hallmarks of Alzheimer's disease in their brains, including children as young as 11 months old. Wow, that is unbelievable. Now, are are we all potentially... uh at at risk here or are some people genetically at a higher risk or is this something that really you know i mean it's an environmental pollutant we're all exposed to it is is the is the risk equal i guess uh well i think it actually might matter most for the very young and for people already with the disease so it turns out that these little tiny particles they're so small that they can get directly into your bloodstream when they go through your lung they can cross the placenta they can enter a uh, developing fetus 
Uh, we talked about how they're found in children and young uh, adults. Certain individuals might be at higher risk for their toxic effects, so people who carry uh, different expressions of a gene called APOE, A-P-O-E-E, capital E, um, which has been implicated in Alzheimer's disease, might be especially sensitive, but my guess is that we're all uh, sensitive to these toxic effects. And the only way to try and reduce that risk, it would be mechanical filtration then, right? That's the only thing you can do. Well, uh, how about we stop polluting the air? Okay, um, fair enough. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so we've done that. In Canada, air pollution today is uh, uh, 50 year is 90% better than it was 50 years ago. Air pollution today in Canada, minus the wildfires, right, yeah. is, is 90% better than it was 50 years ago. One of the great accomplishments, uh, environmental accomplishments. At the same time that air pollution has gone down, GDP in Canada has gone up, and population has gone up. So actually, the, the two major retorts is, you know, you clean up the air, you're going to affect GDP, or, you know, if the population grows, the air quality is going to get worse. Those are just myths. They're just fictions. They're just made up. They're just rationalizations for people seeking to pollute the air. If we get cleaner air, we all live longer, healthier lives. There was something else in the story that I was reading yesterday, not just uh, Alzheimer's and Parkinson, not, not to minimize that, but other things, too, like anxiety, PTSD, all this. That's a different mechanism. Is that, I mean, that's not the same sort of classification you're talking about, right? Yeah, I think that's a little hard to do. Um, but we know, ignoring brain diseases, on average, humans live three years shorter lives because of air pollution. On average, all of us, whether yeah. we live in Indonesia or Canada, live three years shorter lives uh, because of air pollution. This is all entirely preventable. If we had cleaner air, we'd all live longer, healthier lives. If you want to live a short, unhealthy life, breathe pollute polluted air makes perfect sense hey one last one i'll let you go and i really appreciate your time is wildfire like we're talking about air pollution um is wildfire different from what we typically see as air pollution is it better is it worse is there different kinds of wildfire smoke that some are higher risk yeah so there's different forms of air pollution you know we often think of cars we often think of industry you know 50 years ago u.s factories were emitting sulfur dioxide and acid rain was falling on canada from factories in the u.s now we have the opposite. We have uh, air pollution from wildfires in Canada coming, polluting cities like Rochester, uh, where I live, and causing toxic levels of air pollution. If we get rid of these uh, um, air pollution, if we tax those, the wrongdoers, if we engage in things, uh, policies like we did for acid rain, we can all breathe uh, cleaner air. When we would all benefit. Um, Ray, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate your time. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.